Good morning. To all our mothers who are watching with us live, happy, happy Mother's Day. At kung kasama niyo yung nanay niyo ngayon, pakisabi ng Happy Mother's Day. Sige nga, sabihan niyo yung mga nanay ninyo, Happy Mother's Day. Praise God with me as we have another wonderful opportunity to listen to God's powerful word and be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, our King. We are now starting our new series on the book of Acts. I pray that we will set aside all our distractions in our homes, all of our cares, worries, responsibilities, and to just focus intently on what is most important at this moment, which is what God has to say to each one of us. Let's pray. O oh Lord, our Father who art in heaven, Lord, may your name be treasured and loved. May your kingdom come. May your rule be completed in us, in earth as it is in heaven. Father, forgive us from all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And Father, we pray that you will speak mightily deep, deeply in our hearts. Fertilize our souls, O Lord. Help us to be sensitive not only to your word, but in your presence, in our homes, where we are listening to this message. And I pray that you will just remove all of our defenses, all of our distractions, all of our ba these barriers, Lord, that hinder us from truly absorbing your word. As we reflect on the book of Luke and the book of Acts, help us, Lord, to truly internalize Jesus and to truly understand and be involved in the story that you are forming since that the book of Acts. May we be the church that looks outside of our windows into the world that is unreached, into the souls that need you, Lord. And I pray that you will speak into our hearts. Speak into our hearts and empower us by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. From what we know, there is only one author for Luke and Acts, and that is Luke. Praise God because we already finished our series on Luke here in Ebenezer. And now, since Acts is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke, we must recap the whole story of Luke as we start our series on the book of Acts. 
And to give you a visual summary of Luke, let's watch this video from The Bible Project. arrival of an unlikely king born in poor, humble circumstances. Then we saw Jesus as a teacher, prophet. He went throughout Israel calling people to a radical way of life, where enemies become friends, the poor are cared for, where people find forgiveness for their failures. He went from town to town inviting people to follow him and live under God's reign in this upside-down way. And he did many signs and wonders, so many Israelites began to hope that he would rescue Israel from the Romans and set up a new kingdom of peace and justice. In short, that he would bring the kingdom of God. Now, the religious leaders of the day were also hoping for God's kingdom, but to them, the message of Jesus was a threat. Yeah, they had expected to gain power and prestige when this all went down. But Jesus said God's kingdom belongs to the poor, to the outsider, and that real power is serving others in love. This conflict intensified when Jesus, while in Jerusalem, disrupted the temple sacrifices and called Israel's leaders a gang of rebels. So they arrested Jesus, and they had him accused before the Roman authorities of being a rebel king. He was handed over for execution, even though he was innocent. Then he was taken outside the city and put to death on false charges. This brings us to the final section of the Gospel of Luke. There was a religious leader named Joseph who opposed Jesus' execution and then requested to be given his body so he could bury Jesus in a nearby tomb. And then a couple of days later, some women who had followed Jesus came to visit that tomb and they found it open and empty. And they encountered these mysterious figures telling them Jesus was alive from the dead. So they run away terrified. Nobody believes their report. I mean, he can't be alive. They all saw him die. Now, just outside of Jerusalem, a pair of Jesus' followers were leaving the city, traveling on a road to a town called Emmaus. And they were sad and confused about everything that had happened. Then Jesus shows up, walking alongside them, but they don't know it's him. Yeah, that's weird. Why couldn't they recognize him? Yeah, it's an odd but really significant image for Luke. They're blind to Jesus for some reason. So Jesus asks them, what are you guys talking about? And they begin to tell him about Jesus, a powerful prophet who they expected would rescue Israel, but was instead executed. Some women say he's alive, which is crazy. It's all too much. We're going home. So Jesus tries to explain that this is what the Jewish scriptures had been pointing to all along that Israel needed a king who would suffer and die as a rebel on behalf of those who actually are rebels. And then he would be vindicated by his resurrection so he could give true life to those who would receive it. But it's still not making sense. They're as confused as ever. Which leads to the scene where they sit down for a meal with Jesus. He takes the bread, he blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them, just as he did at the Last Supper. Yeah, this is the image of his broken body, his death on the cross. And it's when they take in the broken bread, that's when their eyes are open to see Jesus. Then he disappears and the episode's over. So this is a story about how it's hard to see Jesus for who he really is. Yes, this is brilliant. I mean, how could God's royal power and love be revealed through this man's shameful execution? How could a humble man become the king of the world through weakness and self-sacrifice? It's very hard to see. 
But this is the message of the Gospel of Luke. It takes a transformation of your imagination to see it and embrace Jesus' upside-down kingdom. The Gospel of Luke ends with Jesus and all of his disciples together over another meal. And everyone's freaking out about his resurrected body. I mean, he's still a human, but way more. Yes, he's passed through death and come out the other side, a walking, talking piece of new creation. And then Jesus tells them that he's going to give them the same divine power that sustained him. So they can go out and share the good news of God's kingdom with other people. After this, Luke tells us that Jesus was taken up into heaven. Which is a cool exit and all, but why disappear into the sky? So in the Old Testament, the skies are the place of God's throne. They're above everything. So this is Luke's way of showing that Jesus has been enthroned as the divine king of the whole world. His followers stay in Jerusalem, worshiping God and Jesus, waiting for this new power. And this is where the gospel ends. Now, Luke is going to write about how they receive this power and take the news out into the world. And that's what his second volume, the book of Acts, Amazing. And to continue the story in Luke, let's watch a visual summary of the story for the book of Acts. We've been exploring the book of Acts, which was written by a man named Luke as a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. Acts began with Jesus telling his followers to spread the good news about his kingdom. And they would start in Jerusalem, then go out into the neighboring regions, and from there to the ends of the earth. Now, in Jerusalem, their message was received by many and opposed by many, especially by the leaders of the temple. They were scandalized by this new claim that the whole story of Israel had been fulfilled by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. One of these leaders was a man named Saul of Tarsus, who worked tirelessly to stop the movement. That is, until he met the risen Jesus himself. And this encounter transformed Saul from an enemy of Jesus into a herald of his kingdom. And so for years, he traveled about the Roman Empire using his Roman name, Paul, starting Jesus communities all over. And one of Paul's greatest desires was that all of these diverse communities would see themselves as one unified people, regardless of their differences, Jew or non-Jew, male or female, slave or free. Jesus was creating one unified family of equals living together under his rule. And this brings us to the final section of Acts. Back in Jerusalem, where the movement began, the Jewish followers of Jesus were suffering from a drought and food shortage. And Paul was so passionate about the church's unity that he began a major fundraising project among the diverse churches he had started. They would pool their money together so he and a group of representatives could take it as a relief gift to Jerusalem. But it's not safe for Paul in Jerusalem. The Jewish leaders there dislike him so much they want him dead. And Paul knew he was walking into a trap. His friends all begged him not to go, but no one could stop him. Yeah, why would Paul risk his life to bring this gift? Couldn't he have sent someone else? Well, for Paul, this was personal. Jerusalem was where he used to participate in the murder of Jesus' followers. And now he gets to serve them. It's also where Jesus himself was executed. And so for Paul, it would be an honor to suffer there alongside his king. Paul goes to Jerusalem, and as expected, he's found by his enemies. A mob forms, and they try to kill him. But Roman soldiers save his life by taking him into custody. The Jewish leaders are accusing Paul of starting a revolt against Rome, but they can't prove it. And the Romans don't know what to do with him. 
Yeah, they can see Paul's not a criminal, but his claim that a crucified Jewish man is the risen king of the world, it keeps getting him into trouble. And so Paul gets transferred from one court to another until he demands that his case be tried before the court of Caesar in Rome. And so they happily ship him off. Now, throughout this section of Acts, Luke, the writer of the story, has portrayed Paul's trials and imprisonments so that they resemble his previous stories of Jesus' trials and imprisonment. Luke's making an important point. When the people of Jesus follow the way of Jesus, their stories will begin to look like his story, which is beautiful, but it also comes with a cost. On the way to Rome, the boat carrying Paul is hit by a violent storm, and everyone freaks out. Except for Paul. He's below deck hosting a meal, just like Jesus did the night before his trial. Paul blesses and then breaks the bread, promising that God is with them through this storm. And the next day, the ship hits and then breaks apart on the rocks, but everyone's washed safely ashore. Which is amazing, but Paul's not out of trouble. He's taken to Rome and put under house arrest. But it's not so bad. In his house, he can host groups of Jews and non-Jews, sharing with them the good news about Jesus, the risen king. This is a bold move in Rome the center of power where Caesar rules the world as king. Yes, you have Jesus' alternative upside-down kingdom now growing in the very heart of the world's most powerful empire all through the suffering of a prisoner. And with this contrast between kingdoms, Luke ends his story. That's a great image, but the story's supposed to be about this message spreading to the ends of the earth. So shouldn't it continue? Of course. Luke has left the story open-ended on purpose so that his readers would know that the story isn't over and that they can participate in Jesus' kingdom that is still spreading to this day. Amen. Wow, that's very beautiful. That's a short summary for the Luke Acts and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, actually. It's, it's life-changing as we try to absorb that, that we are part of the story that God has been building since the beginning. So a lot of my resources here are from the Bible Project and the IVP Bible Background Commentary. So if you want to learn more about this, you can check these resources. So the author of these books, uh, especially for Acts that we will study today, is Luke. Luke is the author, and he is also called a physician or a doctor in Colossians 4.14. He is a traveling companion of Paul in his missionary journeys. He's writing to a person named Theophilus, and Theophilus is, the, is called as most excellent in Luke chapter 1, verse 3. It's a hint that possibly Theophilus is someone who is of status or prestige. And some say that he is the patron. Siya yung nagfa-finance, ano? Which makes sense kasi um, if you're the one who is supporting the, the ministry of Luke and of Paul, gusto mo rin ng report. And possibly, uh, meron din siyang mga tanong na gusto, ni, gusto nilang masagot. No, gusto niyang masagot. That's why Luke is now writing to Theophilus. And possibly, hindi lang si Theophilus ang makakabasa nito, but he will be giving it to others as well. So Theophilus is most likely Greek, 
And itong Luke Acts is most likely isinulat siya predominantly to Gentile Christians. So here's just a short context. It's probably around AD 70 or AD 90 na isinulat itong Luke Acts. And it was uh, after na sa destruction of the temple. Its genre is history. Kaya pag babasahin mo, very historical yung approach ni uh, Luke. So why do you think that Luke wrote these books? So specifically ang Acts. Why did he write Acts? So according to Dr. Keener, the first reason is to justify and authorize Christianity. So if you can remember, there was already these persecutions na nangyayari uh, because of the Roman Empire. And here, Luke is writing so that ma-justify niya ngayon and ma-authorize ang Christianity within the Roman Empire. It is to say na these Christians are not guilty. To say that Christianity should enjoy legal protection in the Roman Empire. Another reason na possible na sinusulat ito ni Luke, ang, ang Book of Acts, is to defend Christianity. And to say that Christianity is the real voice of Judaism. So during AD 70 or AD 90, uh, there are these people, there are Jews that say na itong Christianity hindi ito tunay. No, this, is, this is fake. But here Luke is emphasizing na Christianity is the real voice of Judaism. And the way he does this is by showing na ang daming fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures uh, through Christ no, and Christianity, what he is doing in the church. So he's trying to say that Christianity was the authentic continuation of the Old Testament. Kaya niya sinurat ang Acts. So what's the message of Acts? Very simply, it is world evangelization. That everyone in the world will hear and receive Jesus Christ as their King, as their Lord and their Savior. As it said in chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. World evangelization. And this is important as we will go through the next speakers as they will discuss more about the book of Acts. Let's keep this in mind that the point of Acts is the gospel is now reaching not just in Jerusalem, not just in Judea, Samaria, but to the ends of the earth. And sabi pa ni Rabbi Pabellion, umabot sa Pilipinas through Magellan. <laughs> it's reached us. We are part of this ends of the earth. And we also have a part to play in evangelizing the world in our times. So before we go to chapter 1 of Acts, dapat mag-backtrack tayo ng konti into the last chapter of Luke, which is Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 53. It says here, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. So this is after the resurrection. 
They were startled and frightened, these disciples, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. This is Jesus. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. And that's the end of Luke. And now we enter into the second volume of, of Luke's writing, which is Acts. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11 says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? 
This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Here we see the preparation for world evangelization. We will see here how Jesus prepares his disciples to be his witnesses to the ends of the world. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Again, let's zoom in to what's happening in the start of this book. So again, you have Luke writing to Theophilus, the Greek, possibly Greek patron who is sponsoring him, supporting the ministry. And he's writing about what Jesus began. It says here, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. Ano yung sinimula ni Jesus? Nagawin? At ituro, to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. So he wrote this in Luke. Now he's continuing the story. Now that Jesus has been taken up to heaven, anong nangyari pagkatapos nun? After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So you can see here, here that hindi lang umalis bigla si Jesus, ano? He gave instructions. And lang basta-basta na nagbigay ng lecture. He gave these instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, his representatives, the disciples. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus is now continuing his work through the Holy Spirit in his disciples. Again, bakit kaya na may nakailangan niyang ipresent yung sarili niya? And to give many convincing proofs. Because these people, these disciples will witness to Jesus' life and resurrection. Dapat convinced na convinced din sila that Jesus is alive. That's why kailangan talaga may convincing proofs. And these, these witnesses, they will not just share about Jesus. Later on, they will die for Jesus. He is now continuing His work that He began in His ministry here through the Holy Spirit in His disciples. Again, after his suffering, he presented to them and gave them many convincing proofs. About what? That he was alive. And as we read a while ago, he was eating with them. In Greek culture pala, yung uh, meron silang mga apparition or ghosts na mga uh, these entities that are not embodied. They, are not, uh, they do not have these physical bodies. But here Jesus proves that he was really alive and he, he was really embodied, resurrected by eating with them. That's something na even mga Greeks hindi, hindi nila matanggihan. 
that this is really convincing proof that he was alive, that he showed them his scars. Convincing proofs. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, bakit kaya 40 days? Now, we can think of uh, different reasons kung bakit 40 days. One reason would be that uh, 40 days is a symbol of preparation for ministry. If you can remember, Jesus um, fasted and was tempted for 40 days before he started his ministry. And here, in the same way, we can see that his disciples were also spending 40 days with him in preparation para sa ministry na naman nila, which is to go and witness to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Another possible reason kung bakit 40 days is because of the day of Pentecost or the Feast of the First Fruits. If you can remember in Acts, in the first chapters of Acts, ang mangyayari dito is that after spending time, 40 days, and then after this, they prayed. And then the Holy Spirit was poured out to them. And some say it's 10 days, ano? And after that, kung yaad mo 40 plus 10, you have 50 days. After 50 days, jana ang Pentecost. And when Pentecost came, you have these thousands of Jews that were scattered all around the world. They gather to celebrate Pentecost in Jerusalem. And timing talaga, timing talaga that when the Holy Spirit was poured out to them, Peter preached to these disciples. No? And iba-iba pa nga yung mga language nila. But they, they heard it in their language and they were so amazed because these were ordinary, these were ordinary Jews. But they were sharing in their own dialects. The dialects of these uh, Jews from all over the world. And as you remember, Thousands were saved, were they became they, they became disciples of Christ, and the church was born. The, the first uh, fruits of the church was born at Pentecost. Forty days. So Jesus appears to them for a period of forty days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus is now preparing his disciples to become his witnesses by teaching them, clarifying. Siguro kung meron pa silang mga hindi naintindihan after the death ni Jesus, tapos resurrection, dito na niya kinaklarify sa kanila. He is preparing them by teaching them about the kingdom of God. Then on one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So pag titignan natin dito, hindi siya pagkatapos niyang... Uh, Ituro sa kanila ano or in one occasion. Sige, go na kayo. 
Hindi ganon. He said, wait. Wait. Wait for what? Wait that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We must remember that Jesus is now instructing His disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit. Bakit? Why wait for the Holy Spirit? Because we need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's mission. Hindi natin ito kaya on our own strength. God's mission requires God's power. God's enabling. God's ability. They cannot reach the world. Samaria, Judea. They cannot make disciples. They cannot proclaim the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And this is true for us today. Whenever we witness through our life, through our words, through our families, whenever we share the gospel, whenever we disciple, mentor people, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do God's mission with man's power. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's mission. We continue. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Tinatanong nila ito kasi sa Old Testament, whenever there's this baptism of the Spirit or outpouring of the Spirit, it's about the restoration of the, of the kingdom to Israel. Pero ang ganda ng sinabi ni Jesus, He says, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority. Tayo kasi, no, pa... Ewan ko kung ako lang, pero a lot of us, we ask when. Kailan kaya babalik si Lord? Kailan kaya marirestore yung kingdom? Alam, malapit na darating si Lord and all of those, those things. When, we ask when. But here, Jesus does not answer when. Sabi niya, that's not for you to know kung kailan. He doesn't answer when. That's something that the Father has said. That's something that si Lord sinet niya na yun by His own authority. It's not for us to know when. Jesus answers the question, what? What do we do in the meantime? What do we do today? What is our mission? And how? Do we accomplish it? Jesus answers the question, what and how? What is our mission and how do we accomplish it? And I believe, yun din dapat ang tinatanong natin ngayon. Not when, but what should we be doing today? And how can we do it? Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The disciples here will receive this power that comes through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Hindi po siya force or energy. The Holy Spirit is a person who comes to us, comes on us, and enables us. That's why we need to acknowledge. We need to ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the same Holy Spirit that empowered Peter and John and these apostles Paul to heal the sick, proclaim the gospel, suffer for Jesus. It's the same Spirit that is in us. The infinitely powerful and loving and enabling Spirit that gives us the power. We need Him. We need the Holy Spirit. The word here, witnesses, we need the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. It's the Greek word, martus. Martus. Which means, uh, which can mean martyr. Which is to witness to Jesus till death. And we know in the book of Acts, there are people who are martus, who are martyrs who witnessed about Jesus till they died. The example to that is Stephen. Stephen. And Paul was there. But that shows to us that even with the harshest persecution, nothing can stop God from accomplishing His will. Because as Paul was there, or Saul, he was watching Stephen die, and approved his death, he later on became one of the most powerful witnesses about Jesus. Witness. Someone who shares Jesus through his life and through his words. Who testifies about the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I pray that we will become that. through our lives, through our families. The question is, ganito ba tayo sa ating mga pamilya? Ganito po ba tayo sa ating mga classmates at sa ating mga workmates? Kapag nakita nila tayo, do they see that person? Do they say, na yung tao na yan, that's a witness of Jesus Christ? May nagsabi na ba sa atin na, uy, alam mo ba, bro or alam mo ba sis na nakikita ko si Jesus sa'yo. I remember by, by the grace of God nung narinig ko rin yan, ano na people say to me, Bed, I, I see Jesus in you. And somehow that breaks my heart because a lot of times, you know, I, I see just my sins, my, my shortcomings and failures. But I am reminded that it is through weak vessels like us who are often sinful, who often fail, God uses us. And God can use us if we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit. If we depend on the Spirit moment by moment and pray, Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. I ask for your Holy Spirit. We pray that 
Spirit, Holy Spirit, make me sensitive to your will, what you want to say. And what's helpful for me is to really spend time, kay Lord, early in the morning, to seek Him first, and to not hurry up in our spending time with Him, in our relationship with God, just depending on the Holy Spirit. For I believe that is really the way that we can be witnesses of Jesus in our country and in the whole world. We need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to become His witnesses. Here we see that Jesus is now commissioning, commanding, and giving them a mission, a task to accomplish. Jesus is now commissioning His disciples to be witnesses to the whole world. Jesus did not give us the great suggestion, but the great commission. Jesus is king of the world. Is he king in your life? Is he king in my life? Is he king and Lord of my family and my church? Because if he is the king of our lives, we should go and make disciples to the ends of the world. And he will be with us. His Holy Spirit will empower us. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. I heard one speaker say something about this, na medyo nakakatawa, but it's something like this. Pagkatapos magsalita ni Jesus, after he said this, he was taken up before their eyes into heaven. And a cloud hid him. According to one author, hindi ito something na inexpect ng mga disciples. Nashock sila. Uy! That's why they were looking intently. Not parang natameme sila na natulala sila doon sa sky as he was going. Bakit? Kasi these, these Jews, ang, ang inisip nila, Messiahs don't live. Messiahs don't live. Okay, sabi niya, Jesus, i-restore mo na ba yung king? Are you going to be the king of Israel? Hindi na si King Caesar. Will you now take over? And bigla siyang umalis. So, tulala sila ngayon. And kailangan pa na may pumunta doon na dalawang angels na two men dressed in white and para magising sila, ano? And pa, ma, para ma-reorient sila. So that's possible. It was against their expectations. But you see, bakit kailangan na ma- and to bumalik si Jesus? Ano? Why was He taken up before their very eyes? Now that's a picture of Jesus being enthroned. 
Now He is the King of the world. And He is now commanding His disciples to live their lives as if Jesus is the King of the world. Not King Caesar. Jesus is the King. And that should change their lives in every aspect ng buhay nila. And Jesus is taken up before their eyes so that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on them and enable them, empower them to be His witnesses. Jesus will be back. Kailan? We don't know. Hindi natin alam. But in the meantime, we have a task to accomplish. Jesus has begun the work. And through the Holy Spirit, He is continuing it through His apostles, through His disciples. And if you know the story, the whole Roman Empire was changed. At the end of Acts, you see here Paul being a prison, but he is able to share to a Roman household. It's amazing. Perhaps he did reach the ends of the earth during that time since Rome was basically the world empire. Jesus began the work and through his apostles, he continued it and it continues until today. As the song says, we have a task unfinished. We have a task unfinished. We have something to do. How? By depending on the Holy Spirit. Praying for His power and believing that His power is more than enough for this mission. And as we know, these witnesses, especially in the book of Acts, you have two prominent figures, Peter and Paul. You know what happened to them. Tradition says that as they witnessed to the ends of the earth, convinced with all of their hearts that they saw Jesus resurrected, that Jesus is alive, Jesus being the source of life and that people need to hear about Him. They were willing to die for Him. They considered it an honor to die. Peter being crucified upside down and Paul beheaded. They considered it an honor to die for Him. And when we live our lives dedicated to being like Christ, we can expect no less. Suffering is something that we embrace as we follow Jesus because He is worthy. Because people need to hear the gospel. The question for us is, will we follow Jesus into the earth, into the ends of the earth in the power of the Holy Spirit?
will we rekindle the real alliance, the heart of A.B. Simpson to the regions beyond? I must go. I must go. Till the world, all the world, his salvation will know. Will we follow Jesus into the ends of the earth in the power of the Holy Spirit? And I just want to end this with a poem by George MacDonald entitled Obedience. It says here, I said, let me walk in the fields. Jesus said, no, walk in the town. I said, there are no flowers there. He said, no flowers, but a crown. I said, but the skies are black. There is nothing but noise and din. And he wept as he sent me back. There is more, he said. There is sin. I said, but the air is thick and fogs are veiling the sun. He answered, yet souls are sick and souls in the dark undone. I said, I shall miss the light and friends will miss me, they say. He answered, choose tonight if I am to miss you or they. I pleaded for time to be given. He said, is it hard to decide? It will not seem so hard in heaven to have followed the steps of your guide. I cast one look at the fields, then set my face to the town. He said, my child, do you yield? Will you leave the flowers for the crown? Then into his hand went mine, and into my heart came he. And I walk in a light divine, the path I had feared to see. My friends, it's God is calling us to the world of suffering. To the world we fear. But He will empower us by the Holy Spirit if we are willing to trust and obey. Let's pray. Oh God, You are here, oh Lord, in our hearts, in our homes in our lives, and in our families. You are the true king of this world. I pray, Lord, that we will believe that and we will live our lives with that reality, with you being the king and the Lord of our lives, of our family, of our church. And that we will be your witnesses in our life and words as we depend only 
on the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.